0: It is absolutely undeniable that the level of anxiety and overwhelm, um, depression, feelings that you can't get past your health concerns, you don't know how to help your children, um, those feelings are just pervasive in our environment right now. And I don't mean just for people who felt disempowered before, but also for people who used to feel that they got it, you know? Um, so this is why I've been doing the work that I do and why everything that I do is not only just based maybe even in the body or the mind or the spirit. Or, it's all of it. And the whole thing that is the one reason why people do get stuck in those patterns or those, um, you know, ill health or um, feeling like feelings of lack and loss and fear and insecurity is that they are disempowered. So I wanted to share this session of a live clubhouse chat that Suzanne Roth, Paul and I did about breaking old patterns and defining new roles so that um, you can gain a little bit more insight into some of the solutions that we have um, gain some community and learn a little bit more about how to empower yourself. So please enjoy this special edition of the Family Health Revolution podcast. And if you want to follow us and attend our conversations live, we are our handle is at empowered family. And you can also find me, I think, if you search my name, Carla Atherton. So at Empowered Family on Clubhouse, and I will have instructions on how to join Clubhouse and, and download the app beneath this recording.
1: Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness.
0: So this is our empowerment series and this time Suzanne Roth, Paul and I are going to be discussing and breaking old patterns and defining new roles. And so I just want to introduce myself just in case we're releasing this somewhere else outside of Clubhouse and maybe even people in Clubhouse don't know who we are. So I'm just going to say quickly that I am Carla Atherton. I'm the director of the Healthy Family Formula. I am an empowerment coach as well as a functional and lifestyle holistic uh, health or family health consultant and so I work with whole families individuals and my passion lately has really been with moms (laughs) and and professionals who are in a caregiving role and because they're so integral to anybody's health and wellness and and um I guess sort of that trajectory toward health. Like if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> that's kind exactly. of the case. It is the Love truth. It. And if, mm-hmm. no, and other, and if the, the family isn't happy, neither is mom. So, um, you know, how do, yep. we, how do we help that? All right, so that's me. Um, just want to say a quick shout out that I have a new book called Family Health Revolution. And if you want to find me, go to healthyfamilyformula.com. Now, Suzanne, I'm going to let you introduce yourself.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm Suzanne Roth-Paul, and I'm a health and wellness uh, health coach and advocate, and I'm the owner of Zest, Healthy Lifestyles to Age with Ease, and I'm all about women in midlife empowering themselves to look at what their second second half of their life can be like for them, them with regard to um, you know, if they want to change careers or they want to look at, you know, being healthier than they were in their previous, um, previous form. Um, And then also reaching out to women that are in their 30s um, to empower them to know that when they get into their 40s, you know, wait for the perimenopausal and the menopausal and postmenopausal syndrome or symptoms and get a handle on them as early as possible because you know we are seeing a lot of women getting perimenopause much much earlier Mm -hmm. Um, I happen to start it in my early 40s and I'm going on almost 20 years of menopausal symptoms before during and after and so my my role is to uh, support women to not have to go through what I did and what I'm still going through so it's education it's empowerment it's in uh it's all about inspiration and, you know, getting uh, the support that women need to take their power back with their own health and staying out of the doctor's office. That's yeah. the main thing. <laughs> I, I want to empower people to stay out of the doctor's office and get <laughs> in the kitchen more. It's like, <laughs> wouldn't you rather be in the kitchen than in the doctor's office? So uh, I'm all yeah. about food and, and, uh, and using food, to, food and exceptional supplements and medical devices and et cetera to support you and be independent independent and, and taking care of yourself and your family
0: love it do you know what just dawned on me Suzanne is that uh you know I'm kind of with those the early mamas and the and the mid I mean me, you know those ones like you know got teenagers or grown-up yep. kids too actually minor in that stage um where my youngest is 18 oldest is 23 middle is 21 and but you're, you're talking more along the lines of like even beyond that so I love that how we complement each other because we got all the bases covered
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, and I I would love to uh, get more involved with the youngster generation too, because my son's 24 mm-hmm. this, uh, in October, and I'm just watching some of his own health issues uh, starting at a young age, and that's when they all started for me, and and I didn't have in my 20s we didn't have the support we do today and what's shocking to me is how people still aren't getting the support today that I didn't get you know 40 years ago oh goodness it's no. bizarre well you know it's, what is that
0: yeah I think Suzanne a lot of people don't know that there is the support out there and that's why we're here to tell you there is and then how yeah. like and then it's like creating how we deliver that support so you know these kinds of chats or group sessions or you know like things like that like yeah, okay maybe individual coaching that you and I both do but There's also more that we can do, especially in with people knowing, Okay, I need something, but I don't know what that is or what does that mean? Like, yeah. So, okay. so let's let's move on to that conversation that we're going to have today about breaking old patterns, defining new roles. Um, There's a whole host of topics that, you know, Suzanne and I have been talking about. And um, so we're going to really try to piece them out because with each and every one of them you know we could talk a quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we we really can and I think that we can generally say these are some really interesting things to think about when we're looking at empowerment um, you know and we could list off list it off and check it off our lists as we kind of move through them in life but really like that's not enough. Like, I mean, when we, we can say, yeah, meditate more, get, do some self care. Um, you know, look at breaking old patterns and defining new roles. And what we talked about last week was self love. We can say all those things as topics, um, lists of topics, but to go deeper into them really allows us to have the rubber rubber meet the road, you know, like how, exactly. you know, how are we going to do that? What does that actually mean? So yeah. I love this topic of breaking old patterns because even yesterday I'll just get a little personal here we had an incident in our home that happens every time we're all together like I get finally get my kids home you know two of them are really hard to wrangle up they're both in the city now Um, you know like it's it's really hard to get everyone together now and I think now more than ever we really need to do that like we need to be with our tribes and with our families and keeping Uh them kind of close to our hearts and in our consciousness because there's so much garbage out there, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's terrible. And so um, not that the world is a scary place. It's just that that's where we, where we find our safety and our support and our guidance is in our families. So finally get them home. Something happens to, you know, and I'm seeing this pattern go and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're not going there, mister. You know, you're not going there with your thinking and your assumptions and we can't relive that pattern. And so when we do that, um, have those patterns. So then let's first define what patterns are. And I know what my definition is, is, and Suzanne and I don't actually prepare what we're going to say ahead of time. We actually, we have a topic and we each think about what we're going to say, we want to say or talk about like on our own. So I want to know first what you think an old, like a pattern might be, and I'll, and then I will, I'll chime in after, cause I've spoken enough for a little bit, <laughs>
1: Well and all good good information and I do uh, agree with you on the family dynamic and the outside exposure that we're getting to you know um, from society on how to be and how to act and how to be you know basically fear-mongering it's just it's just yeah. perpetual fear I, I turn the news on and i'm like why did i just do that yeah because uh-huh. it's where's the good news mm-hmm. you know where's the good news so anyway i i try to stay away from the news as much as possible but um i would say patterns are when we are it's comfort and it's what we're doing at, without even sometimes thinking yeah. and we are in a, we're like going down a groove we're in a rut like on the road with your tire stuck in a rut and it can't get out and we have a pat the pattern is that's just the comfort level the cars in that rut the tires in that rut we're going 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 because you can almost take your hands off the wheel and I think that to me is the patterns that we get stuck in because it's it's comfortable it doesn't mean it's wrong it just means it's comfortable and so what I what I hope to discuss a little further here is you know why are we why do we do that as humans and you know because there's a lot of reasons behind it a lot of psycho, psychoanalysis behind it but what can we do when we recognize that first you have to see the rut coming because once you get into it it is a little harder to get out of because you know think about a tire stuck in a rut you got to you've got to figure out a way to get out of it quickly mm-hmm. so you want to be able to recognize it And I think Mm -hmm. that's the key to um, it's awareness is everything of what you're putting in your body from eating to putting on your skin to thinking to saying and etc. So I think that's a big part of what I think patterns are for myself is I recognize them coming when you can get to a point where you can recognize them and see them for what they are. Then you can be more mindful about what you do with them. Whether you let them come through you because you can't just squelch them. Sometimes you have to let them you have to feel them. And I had that yesterday, Carla, with your experience with your family. I just had a, a meltdown breakdown yesterday because I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just, I had a, a series of symptoms and I was really beating myself up. And I realized that that wasn't helpful at all. And so what do you do to shift that? And we can talk further. But that's my idea of patterns is we're just, we just get ourselves stuck because it's comfortable.
0: Yeah. And, and even though it's so uncomfortable, I mean, it's like we're comfortable yes, in that discomfort. You that's know? the
1: irony
0: it's that's totally irony. ironic yeah. yeah and i think about it too in terms of like the nervous system right like we, what we know about how the nervous system works and that and pruning of the brain so what we've sort of yeah like you said like the ruts you know getting in those ruts like the more we go down a certain way of thinking or way of being in the world or how we relate to a certain member family members you might not even be like that all the time it just might uh-huh. there might be a trigger that, you know that puts you back into that same way of behavior way of even a way of thinking so that's an even tougher one is to know that I'm thinking this way but that thought is not me that thought is something that's right. gonna lead me toward the same old crap I did yesterday and the same old crap I did the day before so do I really want to have a good look at that and change that and that takes a little that takes some vulnerability It takes, it takes practice because to, to reprune that brain, you know, to, um, to improve like your, you know, what, what you're going to do tomorrow, as opposed to yesterday, that takes some effort. And that doesn't mean that they're sitting there like squeezing your eyes shut, like, you know, going change this thought, you know, like all day long. It's just really, like you said, an awareness, like where you go, Hmm, that triggered me instead of being inflammatory saying blame oh you're the you're you did this you did i hate this and i'm good and going down that crazy train i call it the crazy train get off um Uh you know like instead of doing that really actually going take yourself out of it for a minute that emotionality and saying okay i'm being triggered wow that's interesting why am i being triggered oh, because I have this history with this person or I have this trauma related to this, which is not happening still, but I still feel the, re- the, the reactivity. How am I going to respond to this instead? How am I going to communicate to that person who I'm really ready to return to that patterned way of being with? How am I going to turn to them and say, I'm feeling triggered right now rather than allowing the trigger to make you spew whatever else you would have said the day before, right? So I, yeah. when you said awareness, Uh, I'm you know awareness about how you're feeling what's going on with you and about the pattern itself I'm always I'm also thinking too like an awareness about what those triggers might be to make us revert back to how we responded before and did that work for me like and maybe it did how can you know what maybe we should talk about that how can those old patterns actually serve us so why do we hang on to them what do you think
1: so my uh, my experiences and teachings i've had for this past you know year is that we, uh, when we when i said it's comfortable it's just because our bodies and our minds are trying to protect us from yeah. from you know the unknowns or from fear and from danger and so when we get into the our go up our cortisol levels go up our adrenals start you know reacting that is uh, that is a way of protecting our bodies and, you know, again, we go back to some of our genetics about how we had to run or fight or flight to get out of danger. And so that's how that's why our bodies do that. And when they do that, we start, you know, kind of losing control a little bit. And I think the loss of control is when you, you feel those things coming on, you know, whether it's your husband says something or your kid says something or, you know, anybody says something or just how you're feeling, it's recognizing you know, what's causing that and stopping instead of reacting Mm -hmm. and, and saying, okay, what's really going on here? And I, one of the things I do want to mention about this this topic in this conversation is that's why, um, slowing down. Mm -hmm. and meditation Mm -hmm. and you know i i think about nature walks or going for an exercise or getting in your garden when you're feeling those ways because you want to remove yourself from the circumstances whatever they are if you're sitting there doing something which i was doing like you know 10 hours of of uh of finances the last few days of you know rectifying my balancing my checkbook which is a nightmare and then also for me not my checkbook but just my account yeah and then also doing taxes I had to get some um, taxes estimated taxes for my husband to blah 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 and those are not that's not joyful for me that's like a nightmare <clears throat> and so what I was having to do was say I get to do this it goes back to saying oh I've got to do these terrible things so it's like I get to do this mm-hmm. and I get to you know, challenge myself on on getting through it as comfortably as I can. And then when I was having discomfort because I was getting frustrated, I made sure that I got up and I went walking, or I went outside and got some fresh air, went into the garden, looked at the plants and flowers, and you know, gave myself some a breather space. I think that's what is so powerful about noticing these things and realizing what you're what that you need a break and not being upset about it. you know empowering through stuff when you you're not really meant to be powering through it you need a break
0: yeah yeah i I love that you say that because okay so the awareness is about your about patterns that you might have of old ways ways and be of ways of being that you have about old relationship stuff that about your triggers about, and then also um, the physiology, right? Like for us to understand that this is like a, you know, a, a, like a response of the body trying to keep you safe, even if it's, I mean, that is so empowering. So even if it's something like I was saying, I was alluding to, I didn't actually give you the exact details about yesterday's incident with my own family, just trying to keep okay. privacy, you know, that kind of thing. But um, But really it was an old pattern of being that was in relation to the rest of the family so it's like and so the safety issue is being vulnerable to the rest of the family when you feel like you're being attacked right yes even if that's not necessarily the case so what's going on there is it that you are being attacked are people ganging up on you are people misunderstanding you and maybe they are misunderstanding you so how are you going to respond to that are you going to communicate better right? Are you going to say, are you going to take out your volatility and your hostility out of that situation and say, look, like I'm actually feeling attacked and triggered. And then other people can actually respond the right in the, in the appropriate manner. So it makes me think of Dr. Sandy Gluckman and she talks about inflammatory parenting, right? And I Uh think about it as as inflammatory relationship, right? Like where, you know, you've got someone coming at you, they're upset, they're like this or whatever. And then there's zero opportunity for any other response I mean there is and you know if you think about it but the response the automatic response is inflammation right back at you right like because they're each party is protecting themselves but if you take away that threat the trigger the pattern the the assumption right it's like it's like our nervous systems it's like when you have an immune response and it's a hyper-response, the immune system's actually assuming. You know, it's like, or, or like that, that stress response. It's not even where you're going to die. There's, there's no bear. You're only late for a soccer game. But the body's responding as if you will. So it's the same idea, right? So recognizing that is, so. I just think, is, is like so empowering. And then you can step out of that, get off the crazy train and go, look, like, I got to stop. I've got to be aware. I've got to assess the situation for what it is. And then I can appropriately respond, right? And get into the yeah. flow. Get off the train and get into the flow. <laughs> I don't know. I like metaphors.
1: <laughs> I do too. I no, love That's that. it. When you're in the flow, we know when you're in the flow, you know, I like things that rhyme. So we know that when you're in the flow <laughs> that you are in, at your, you know, highest Um, your highest self because you're enjoying it. You know, it's obviously something that is, time flies. But when you're doing things that obviously are a little more complicated and and stressful, then, you know, that's not being in the flow unless you can look at it as, you know, like I said, this is a key way of looking at at challenging things that you don't want to do or that you're not comfortable doing is you say, I get to do this today. Mm -hmm. I get to be a financial wizard today. And I get (laughs) to balance my... Records because guess what happened when I balanced my bank account and went back and looked because I was hemorrhaging money and I, I thought how did my account go so low so quickly yep. I found that I was double charged a thousand dollars for something that's a mm-hmm. lot of money mm-hmm. and sometimes I wouldn't even notice it for months down the road even if I did and so that was exciting that propelled me to keep going mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh I just I just won the lottery i got a <laughs> thousand extra dollars. But um, I think a big part of that too is really giving yourself the opportunity to. There's a when when something happens. Let's just say with your family or with my situation yesterday or with anybody, whether it's work or play or, or with friends or whatever. When something happens where you're triggered, instead of reacting, which is what we have a tendency to do, is we want to defend ourselves. And we want to fight because we're either feeling guilty (laughs) or maybe Mm -hmm. we're feeling a little less confident or whatever, that it's not reacting. Think of it as how will I respond to this Mm -hmm. and look at it from this is another powerful thing that I do is what would love? This is with all my spiritual training. What would love do in this circumstance And there are times where you say, I am so mad right now, I don't even want to talk about love. How can love even come into this when I'm want to? i spitting fire? Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do. You have to say, how would love handle this? And so when I find I'm going to react, I stop myself now and say, how would love handle this? And what usually comes up, one of two things. I either don't say a word and I just let it go. I take a deep breath. I go into the deep breath work. Or... I respond in a loving manner, Mm -hmm. as in like, I'm sorry, are you upset about something? Because I'm feeling like this is uncomfortable for you. What can I do to make this better? Or you just say, oh, you apologize for the circumstances and say, oh, I didn't realize that I was, you know, that I was reacting this way. Because what happens is you've upset the other person, so they're reacting to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a combination of things. So, you know, first of all, respond rather than react and ask yourself, what would love do in this circumstance? And I'm telling you, it's challenging, but once you do it and you try it several times, it actually is very liberating.
0: Oh, it diffuses the bomb, I mean, for everybody. It, and yes. I, you know when you said respond rather than react, I, I told, that's what I teach all day, every day. Like that's one of the mo- the main things that I say to people. It's, it's really amazing. I don't know where it came from, Suzanne, must be some kind of I don't know, like you were saying your spiritual, like, you know, training or whatever your, your experiences going through all that. But that's a main tenet of, I think any kind of, um, I don't know, life journey, I think is to learn Mm -hmm. that kind of, and it's not about necessarily like self-control. It's about, um, how you're going to be, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to move through life with grace and, and, and not create problems. Because that's often what we do is we create our own problems, which is a really tough <laughs> pill to swallow. Like, what do you mean I created this? I don't want to live like this. Ugh, I just, you think I want this? You think I invited this? This is not my fault. It's not about fault. It's not about yeah. fault. It's about recognizing our play, our part in our experience, which is a huge. And then that's even more empowering to know that I actually play a part in this, a big part, the starring role. And I have yes. more control over this than any other outside force. And so or when you it? say love, man, I'll tell you, Suzanne, I think I've loved some demons out of my, the some mm-hmm. people in my family. And I, I, am, I am serious when I say that. Like, yep. I, because I decided yep. I am not going to be angry with you. I am just going to love you because I know what you're struggling with. I know I know your heart. I know who you are. I know this is a pattern or a, you know, a way to protect yourself. Just don't feel like you need to protect yourself from me. And I had to make myself someone that what, that, that, you know, others didn't have to protect themselves from, because, that's a beautiful message, right,
1: yeah, yeah, think about that, think about the power of that, because that in itself is self-love, because Mm. when you're concerned about yourself, give yourself the same compassion, Carla, people that, you know, you guys that are listening, what you just said for the, how you're going to do this for others, like, you're going to love them to, love them to death, or, you know, love them the to love. love rather than love them to death. But um, yeah, that's a funny, funny expression. But <laughs> if you're able to give that love to others, reflect it back to yourself when you're feeling that way because what's happening is you're also getting triggered and so you're having to also say, how do I handle love for myself? That oh. this is a trigger and nothing more. And in another way, if you can't say what would love do in this, if, if, if let's just say that it, that. Um, the listeners are going to practice this and it's kind of awkward to say what would love do in this situation you can also say what would humor do in this situation oh sure and sometimes that makes that you just laugh at yourself and you laugh at the other person and not at them but you laugh with them in the sense that oh this is just silliness let's let's figure out a better way to handle this and many times it is actually just walking away um, mm. walking away is a powerful you don't have to be rude about it you just excuse yourself from the circumstances so that it doesn't propel
0: yeah and I find yeah. that one a hard one because especially if you're not feeling hurt you don't know if you're that person on that point I mean I think nobody's feeling hurt yeah. sometimes at this point to get walked away as long as there's this promise to come back when things cool down like right like I'm not walking away from us or from yeah knowing that this is important to you or to me, Mm -hmm. but we just need to cool down and we'll come back together. And I think that's important to come back together after that. I love that laughter, I mean, man, love, and I wanna add to that, Suzanne, is surrender. Because there was one practice that I heard someone mention, I can't remember who it was, and she said, you're in the middle of a conflict, you lay on the floor and, and to just try to keep fighting when you're laying on your back on the floor. But all of you, both of you, whoever's involved, lay on your back and you can't, you won't fight. You can't. And then you might end up with laughter. You might end <laughs> up loving. You might just end up diffusing the whole bomb and going, oh, that was really not worth going there. And now I'm, I'm recentered. I'm recalibrated. I, I've kind of like, it's like giving yourself a slap, you know, a little energetic, like, whoo, shaken out of that, that pattern where you're going right so i really loved that one too
1: yeah surrender surrender yeah that's a big one for you know we know that a lot in if you're practicing you know meditation and yoga and 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 have a spiritual practice i just wouldn't be i wouldn't be the person i am if i wasn't you know practicing those self-care um tool didn't have those self-care tools and that's another thing about you know empowering yourself and your what is it your our superpowers what are some of our superpowers where we're in these states and it's mm-hmm. you've got to be able to have some of those practices in place in order to tap into them. It's like pulling a it's like having a toolbox. I love it, that expression, have a toolbox mm-hmm. on a tool a tool strap around your waist, you know with those waistband straps. And you pull out different tools as you need them that help you manage your mind, so mm-hmm. to speak. Because this is all about managing your mind. And Carla used the other big thing is this is leadership. This is, oh, what yeah. you do. this is what you do and how you handle circumstances, whether it's, you know, running a, uh, you know, a company or, you know, managing your family, you know, because you are the, as the mother, we are the central core to our families. And just face it, a lot of the responsibilities of keeping our family together or the glue that keeps them together. So it's very, we have a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually, if you can look at that responsibility as being a superpower, look, look at how much power you have. I never forget a therapist telling me, we were doing some family therapy with my husband and my son, and then we, she would do some individual therapy with me, and she'd say, Suzanne, I don't think you realize how much power you have in your family, mm-hmm. and I don't think you're even giving yourself credit for that. She said, first of all, you have a grown man and a 20-something-year-old in therapy. Do you know how difficult that is to do? And I was like, oh. Oh really? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I've been dragged, they were dragging, didn't you see the bruises all over them? I mean, <laughs> I've had to beat them to a bloody pulp to get them here. But she says, but they're here. And it was very, very powerful for me to realize that. But sometimes we forget, we get into our victim state.
0: Mm. And
1: we feel, you know, that we're not getting heard or seen. And so that automatically shuts us down.
0: Oh, Suzanne. Okay. Perfect segue. <laughs> Perfect segue. Because I jotted down like a couple of notes. And I'm like, I do not want to miss talking about like, archetypes. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and if you know Carolyn Mice or Miss, however you want to say her last name, um, yes. her work, right? And so she has yep. that, uh, she's set lots and lots of books, but energy, I think it was energy, advanced energy medicine. I think that's what her, mm-hmm. the one is I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Anyway, she talks about archetypes. And the ones I can think, remember off the top of my head, and I may be missing one, are the saboteur, the child, the victim, and the prostitute. And those are all we don't all identify with each one of them at all times but we can at different times or have one that's more dominant and that can actually really inform us as to which why we're doing or or, um, creating certain patterns in our lives in the first place is knowing like okay which one of these might I be operating under which one of these am I allowing to run my life or my thoughts so saboteur obviously right? Is mm-hmm. where we're sabotaging ourselves because we're afraid or we're, um, I don't know, like, you know, just reverting back to old stuff or we're trying to keep ourselves safe or we're afraid of like, you know, what if I do succeed or what if I try and I don't, right? Yep. Sabotage, sabotage. I mean, I've done that. I've done that a lot. And I see that happen quite a bit. Um, the child, right? Like, you know, like, Oh, nobody sees me. Nobody hears me. Um, I want to be seen. I'm gonna have a tantrum. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. be, I'm gonna not, you know, think about things. I'm just gonna do it. It's all about me, you know. Like, and so is that the child speaking? Is that your prostitute? Which I am a prostitute, and I'm tell you why. Stop <laughs> doing something that you don't necessarily want to do to get a result, to get something in return. Mm. That's what it means to prostitute yourself. And hey, moms hello? You know, how many of us do that? You know, like I want my family to be together. I want harmony. So I'm going to sacrifice my, um, what my time, my, uh, you know, respect for me, my self-respect, my, you know, what, whatever that is, what are you giving? Uh, what are you allowing people to take from you to get something in return? And then the victim is what you were just talking about. And that one's a hard pill to swallow. Like, nobody wants to say I, I play the victim. But if you blame people for things that, you know, for, for stuff, if you mm-hmm. say that, you know, poor me, I'm never going to get this. This this is harder for me than it is for you. Um, you know, I, I, I've i gained all this weight, and that's because it's just my genet- genetics and, like, I can't do anything about it. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. right, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. That's not serving us either. So you don't have anything to say about any of those?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, well, the main thing is is they all are Doing more damage than good and mm-hmm. we know that the problem with them is that we have a tendency to default to those because it's easy, and I'm not against saying that it's comfortable. I'm saying it's right. easy because right. it's what we know. I, I've had some conversations with people who say, well, that's all I've known all my life, so mm. I, I, it's too late to change now. I, I hear that over and over with people that oh, are in the yeah. 50s, midlife, and they're like, I've, these are patterns of a lifetime. How can I possibly change them now or do anything different? And it's like, well, you just make a choice. Simple as that. Yep. You just and, um, So, yeah, and then the other thing was the um, – the, a lot of this has to do with feeling, um, I, I know it boils for me around insecurity and lack of confidence. And so mm-hmm. when those things come up for me, whether it's a saboteur, because I have a little bit of all of those things in me, mm-hmm. and, and we all do, and I think a lot of it is what state am I in when I'm feeling that? And, ah. and like yesterday, it was lack of sleep, it was um, frustration. And it was just, you know, dis- disorderly, you know, my, my, my whole life felt disordered because I'd been gone for 10 days. So I had to kind of get back into a rhythm and I realized I'd been gone for 10 days. I was tired. And so you tell yourself, hold on, this is not who I am. This is a reaction to what I've just been through and give yourself grace and compassion and maybe you need a nap, maybe you need a run, maybe you need a rest from what you're doing. It's really just like you said, Carla, it's awareness of what's really going on and listening to that inner dialogue as just a conversation that can easily be let go right. and easily changed if yeah. you choose to. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to be able to be aware of it and so many of us aren't self-aware. We're just oh, living. Yeah. We're just we're just going we're on autopilot.
0: Yeah. Totally. And we need courage, right? It doesn't mean you're not afraid because we all are. And and we all are. That is not, that is actually a a defense mechanism that keeps us alive. Like fear keeps us alive. It's just so that we don't let it take over and fearful of things that are not that, you know, are not threats or are not immediate threats or do not exist. And some of those things don't exist I mean, like, like, so that kind of leads me to thinking like to talking about what I, I just, I scribbled down the word assumptions, right. When we were speaking earlier and you know, what are those things like, and especially in the people that you work with, Suzanne, that you're talking about, you know, um, like saying, Oh, this is the way it is for me. It's always been like this. How about this is the way I am. This is how I am a depressed person. I am just inherently anxious. Uh, This is my personality trait. I just people Mm. know this about me that I fly off the handle. You know, I just and all that stuff. We internalize that and think that that's who we are. Right. And Mm. then other people have assumptions about who we are. We have assumptions about who they are. We have assumptions about what we can do and how we can relate and what jobs we can have and which we can can't. And we like all these assumptions actually paint us into this like box. Of who we are yeah. and what we can do. It's its extremely limiting. So when we're, as, as soon as we're in a box, we're in a cage, think about what that's like to be in a jail, okay? How disempowering that is and how maddening that is. So that only perpetuates the anxiety, the fear, the limit, limitedness, you know, all that stuff. It only perpetuates it because we're in this self-made prison, might I add. So... Uh-huh. So what is that? Like, you know, I, I like to think about that too. What is my personality? Who am I? And, um, who do I want to be? You know? And it's, it, we all have like, you know, characteristics that make us up um, you know, who we are and individuality and, and you know, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm cool with that. That's great. I mean, otherwise we're one, the same person. I was <laughs> you know? like, no, that's not yeah. the point. But the point is that how much of this is really me and how much of this is who I'm supposed to be, what role I'm playing. Right. In my life
1: and habits of a lifetime that we have because you know face it most of us are you know in our anywhere from the 40 to 60 and even older range and sometimes you know we've just seen people right and left make drastic changes Mm. no matter what age they are because they've made their mind up that's what they want to do, or they, they've they been able to to do it with grace and ease. And that's what we admire about people. How how have they done that? And my experience, because you know, I'm 57 fifty-eight, I'm I'm in denial about my age. I, I'm, I think <laughs> how old I'm fifty-seven <laughs> forever because I cannot admit that I'm fifty-eight. Okay, doesn't matter, it's not about age. But it's kind of funny how ages never really matter to me, mm-hmm. but my body has told like I'm marching along thinking I still feel like I'm, you know. In my thirties, and my body says, "Oh no, you're not." And so I have this kind of relationship with my body, saying, "You know, you be quiet now. Nobody (laughs) asked you for your opinion." But you tend to tend to, you know, have this attitude about it. it Really, is attitude, and I think you know if you have and gratitude for what you have in your life affects your attitude. And so, if you're really looking at a lot of this, um, that's when I get really bummed about things going on in my life, whether it's with my husband or my son or my, you know, friends or work, I realize, okay, yeah, I'm bummed, but that's a disappointment that I don't want to invest in. Because in, in, in disappointments are, you don't want to invest in disappointments, otherwise you're going to constantly be disappointed.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, what
1: you do is you look at those as opportunities to rise above yourself it's called i think of it as evolving what am i going to do beyond this disappointment that i can get through it and i can accept that i've got a shift if it, if it was a disappointment because of something you know relationship issue how do i look at my my that's where it goes back to being responsible what did i have to do with that relationship that caused that and look within and so you have all the answers within you this is the the joke, is we think we have to look for everything out externally. It's all within. Mm-hmm. If you take the time to listen, and that's where I go back to these practices that I cannot stress enough to Secrets to Radiant Health, which was my big summit I just did, and we all, 22 people that I interviewed, came, kept coming back to the same message, that you have to look at what you're, how you're thinking about things, and your attitude is, uh, is really what it where it all boils down and what I'm finding though Carla is and you know this because you and I are all about you know what you put in your body and on your body and what you hear is if those things aren't in balance it's very hard to have the right attitude
0: yeah and oh, if I'm yeah. eating
1: crappy mm-hmm. I'm not sleeping well' mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fighting with my family far too much that affects your attitude and yeah. it's so imperative to know that. You don't have to feel guilty that, oh, my God, I ate another donut this morning. I wasn't supposed right. to. My problem is is I can't find anything in the house that is, that is is uh, protein-slash-supportive um, of my diet. Do- I want to go for the sweet things. I have a beverage, and I want to have, like, it doesn't even matter. It can be fruit, and that's that's for sweets. And so I've got to break that habit of wanting something sweet with my beverage in the morning, whether it's decaf or, or whether an herbal tea. And I've got myself in a rut again, where that's all I want because mm-hmm. my body has acclimated to wanting a sweet treat in the morning before I get my day started. Yep. And I recognize it, and I'm like, okay. I go open the refrigerator one more time. There's still nothing in there to eat. Yep. <laughs> but you've got it. You've got. That's where I've got it. Okay. I've got to get on a healthier plan here, and I've got to have some breakfast items that are nourishing and not spiking my blood sugar for and ruining sure. the rest of my day. You know, that's what happens. It, it affects you for the rest of your day.
0: Okay, so let's go through that. Okay, so quick couple things. So let's let's talk about that. Like those, those really, mm, what would you call them? Uh, to, uh, practical ways to keep yourself to like moving out of old patterns, right? Out of old ways of being and into some new stuff. Like defining your new roles, your new self, your new ways of being, right? So supporting yeah. your body. Like, you know, being aware of that and also supporting your body. And I, like we were talking about things like, you know, recognizing patterns and archetypes and triggers, right? And then diffusing the situation. So I, there's a couple things I want to talk about for that because there's a few things we haven't touched on. And one of those things we did touch on, though, was humor. Because, um, and, and the reason why that popped back into my head is because as you were talking, Suzanne, I just got a text back. So we have a family chat. And so that's just my, our three kids and, and Brent and I. And so, and they always call me Charles. I, I don't know if you've ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that TV show. I laugh my butt off yeah. whenever. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's so funny. It's just like some dumb sitcom-y kind of, but it's not really, it's it's really super fun. Um, but I really identify with Captain Holt, by the way. But anyway, if anybody, you know, shout out <laughs> Captain Holt. But um, anyway, so, uh, but, we, but we, we love humor, right? So that really diffuses things for us because we have to look at even a situation like, okay, this morning. Okay. I'm going to make this a short story. This morning I got, I saw this thing on Facebook and, and it was just this joke about teenagers and how, like, you know, it's like, um, advice from teenagers, something like that, like that, like, or, you know, um, and not really advice, but more like, you know, insight from teenagers. And I had to post it cause it was so funny. And I, and I put it in our family chat. So one of the little memes that w- that was in this series, Was um, you know what like you know when you you're calling people to supper or calling people for supper? No, you ask someone to come and then they don't come. (laughs) They say I'm coming and they don't come. Or there's this other one you know where uh, you know something about having you know the like within arm's reach of you know you know, where they put all their wrappers or something like that, or, you know, like putting the box away, you know, when there's still nothing left in the box, and you know, just the, all these things yes. that we, we think are empty, typical.
1: empty containers, yeah, empty container, the, but the I love to
0: like, you know, I'm coming and then they don't, and then don't come, you know, say you're yep. coming, then don't come because that happens all the time. And that has been a, like a serious bone of contention in our, our family. When my kids were like all living at home. Why are you not coming? You're totally ignoring me. We could go down that road of like disrespect and why aren't, you know, why aren't you listening to me? This is really frustrating and supper's cool. I just want us all to be together and you can go down that super serious road, which doesn't mean none of those things are really an issue for people, but they it's just too much. Like it doesn't need to be that serious. So when I posted that, I just did that. I just got an, a message back. Cause we have to laugh about it, we have to laugh about it. And so she, when my daughter uh, messages back and go that, I don't relate to that last one. Right. Like, just, <laughs> right. And that's the one she does the most. So she, I did She knows that and we yeah. all can laugh about it. Right. So humor yeah. is huge for us, like huge. And so I initiate that a lot. Like my husband's funny and he's a goofy funny. I'm, and he yeah. likes to bug people and poke and all that stuff. And they're like, I'm so annoying. Dad's annoying. You know, like that. I'm yep. like, I'm like a goofball too. And I, but I make sure that I pull my family together with that humor. I make sure I literally, I'm like, don't you bug me about being on, you know, on this family chat and acting like Charles. Cause Charles is another character in Brooklyn nine, nine. Okay. And he, and he, he's so like sentimental that he's, they had a group chat and he kept spamming it like literally like all day long. So then my husband says, okay, Charles. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm Charles. And I'm going <laughs> to spam y'all y'all with love and with the stuff that I want to keep us together because I'm going to own that that's definitely part of my personality right so um so humor and then there's a couple other things so that's a very long story thank you for your patience but um what other things do you do like I I know you mentioned um meditation um let's let's start with that because I got a bunch other ones no, sorry, I got a call and I had to hang up on them. Okay, so, um, yeah, so start, like, yeah, keep going with that, Suzanne. What other modalities do well, you use? I,
1: I just think that you have to have, we have to pick something in the morning or we ideally can have something that we do first thing in the morning, whether it's mm. reading a, a quote or it's an inspirational, you know, some people have... Um, Mantras, mantras that they use that will help them get them through the day. You ask, you know, I I tend to if I don't do that, I it's it's really hard when you jump out of bed and you start running Mm -hmm. and you just start doing. And I think a, a good practice is to have something you do where you're still in bed, and many of that is just doing your deep breathing before you get out. Maybe you do the nostril breathing with one finger over one nose nostril, and, and it, that helps calm the nervous system, and it also helps um, just help it helps set, regulate your uh, body balance for the day. But I think, and I'm struggling with it, so I'm not you know practicing what I preach here that it's, it's, it's paramount to do something first thing in the morning before you even get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And because when I say I'm going to come back to it, I never do. Mm-hmm. And so I have a morning routine that I do. That one of my summit speakers, uh, he got me hooked on, and I do it in bed. And it's a little stretching routine, and it's about fifteen minutes. And so I try to do. I do that every. I try to do it ninety percent of the time before I even get out of bed. And it gets my blood circulation going, my blood flow going. It gets me thinking about the day while you're doing it. You can do some little mantras. You know, thank you for a beautiful day that I've got looking forward to. You can put your mind at ease about what you're doing. Kind of give yourself an opportunity. To think about priorities, that's really important for me. I probably say that's my number one thing. What mm-hmm. can you do first thing in the morning before you even get out of bed?
0: Yeah, and then also gets your body awake and alive, and you're caring for yourself. It's part of your self care. It's all of it, all mm-hmm. of it together. Mm-hmm. And I like for me, yeah, I do that too. I like to get centered and I I try not to get, you know, go down like too crazy into the to-do list just yet, you know, be able to kind of integrate or think about the dreams I just had. I'm a lucid dreamer and I'm also, I also, you know, and what does this mean? And I try to do like a Joe Dispenza morning routine, like a a meditation, like a 20 minute one, um, depending on how early I get up. Um, But I think meditation is really important and not just like all forms of meditation. I think that, the mm. mindfulness and the and just getting used to like like watching your thoughts, right? Because yes. they're not you; they are separate from you. But they come they come from you. But uh, but they also come from other places. Like you know, like news and you know the, the media. They come from other people. Like it, they the thoughts are all they we collect them from everywhere. So um, watching your thoughts. So meditation is really important for that. But it also can be transformative. It's can, it can transform. Your body, you know, it can, it, you can actually use your thoughts to actually move the needle on your biochemistry, right? Which is so powerful. And um, Uh so I practice that. I think that, and then to stop like that, you know, that crazy train, like EFT, like things like emotional freedom technique, like having those a couple of little uh, tools that you can employ at times of need, not just to prepare you for like a really good solid day but also times where those things break through because they will those old patterns go wait what about me or those old ways of being or your fear will it can take over there might be some instances that happen that are way bigger than a normal everyday routine could be in an accident you could have you know um some a loss of someone a really big fight you know something like that so eft is one of my go-tos as well as breath work right like box breathing mm-hmm. or belly breathing or you know alternate nostril, like you said love that one that one will get well, you it, nice and centered right
1: another one is, is yoga just what Think of think of a yeah stretching. So you could lay there and then just kind of like stretch, do that you know hands over the head and you yawn a big yawn uh-huh. and a big stretch because yawning releases stress. But you're not necessarily stressed out when you first work up, wake up unless you are because you've got a, a shitload of stuff to do for the day ahead yep. Yep. or something stressful. So that makes it even more imperative to do that. But think of a cat. A cat's been laying for hours, you know, because that's what they do. They're laying around and and they always get up before they jump down off of the off of the sofa or mm-hmm. the bed or wherever they are and they stretch yep they do and so do that think of yourself as a lazy cat who just laid there for you know hopefully 8 hours plus and now you need to wake up your body because there are injuries that happen with people when they bump out, jump out of bed. They can hurt their ankles or their legs, and you know we've heard a lot of elderly people have that happen. So you want to wake up the muscles, you want to wake up the the tendons and the whole, you know, circulation. And that's why if you can't do this routine I'm talking about, which I think is fantastic, mm-hmm. um, you can do a little stretching routine and a little mindfulness exercise and. Uh, We were. uh, Carla was just referring to Joe Dispenza, and we both. I had a. There was a. I'm I'm new to him. I mean, I know his name, but um, I would had shared. You know, with you, Carla, that that podcast, and it's called Joe Dispenza Creating Miracles with Meditation, and it was July 28th, 2021, and it was on. uh, I was trying to look at who the woman was. Yeah, her uh, podcast is called Heal. Heal the Heal. Yeah, she Heal Heal podcast. And um, he was powerful. I really enjoyed listening to him. And he also also has a lot of meditations. You can free meditations you can do, which I haven't had a chance to look into, but I'm going to because I do like guided meditation.
0: Yeah, you can try. Yeah, and his his are pretty advanced. Like some of them are pretty long. I literally have listened to like I don't know, like dozens and dozens of his lectures. But now he's got it down, right? Like if you listen to any one of his newer podcasts, wherever he's been a guest, you, you you'll get the quick and dirty from what his the sciences behind what he does and and his, his practices, but, and his story because he actually uh, meditated his back. uh, He fixed his back, his broken back. And he was told that he would never be normal quote unquote again. And he's perfectly fine. And he did this with his mind. Okay. And this is not, this is, this is documented and he does this with people all day, every day, but there is a free one. So there's a morning and, and evening meditation on if you have iTunes, Look up Dr. Okay. Joe Dispenza and there's a free one. He does have some on his website that are, are you know, they, he charges for them. But okay, so that's just like enough about, you know, Dr. Joe. But if you like the mystical, you know, married with the um, scientific, then that's the, that's the kind of meditation for you. Because some of them are very mystical and it's like it, people. some people can't relate. And some of it's too, like it's so sciencey that it doesn't feel like it reaches their heart you know? Yeah. 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 So he's like the combination and that's why I really like his stuff. But, um, yeah. yeah. And I,
1: and sometimes you can, you know, we just face it. Some of us are using our phones for waking up, but I have my phone in the bathroom. So when the alarm goes off, I have to get up and go get it. Yeah. But sometimes what I do is I come back and I will, I have podcasts and I'll put on something that if I'm going to do my little 15, 20 minute stretching routine, I like to listen to speakers Mm -hmm. and, um, I will listen to something encouraging, nothing down heavy or, you know, depressing or stressful. You will listen to anything that uh, is uplifting because that's going to set the tone for your day.
0: Totally. And I do, I walk, I walk, I do like an hour walk out in the sun. And then that's what I do. The only things I listen to when I'm walking and I put myself on airplane, I download it first. I don't EMF myself (laughs) and uh, and I put it, you know, in in a runner's belt. And I, sometimes I run, sometimes I walk. Um, but I listen to something like a podcast or, you know, even, even music, like, you know, something that's going to actually make me feel empowered. Not like in this false, you you know, it's not like a false sense of like, everything's fine. Just ignore the world. Ah, la, 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 la," you know, plugging it. No, it is a different, it's a different kind of power. It's empowering. It's not, it's not hiding your head in the sand, but it's, it's, Really, where you want to focus your thoughts, and actually, that's interestingly enough. This isn't about Joe Dispenza. This whole thing, but he talks about that where you put your focus is what you create. Yeah. And so, why well, not attention, start that day? What is that
1: quote? Attention goes where ener- energy flows. Where attention right, goes, or attention do. Goes where energy flows. It's it basically whatever you're thinking is where that energy is going to be directed. And so, why sh- Why not shift it to something positive? um, as opposed to, you know, cranky, negative, et cetera. And, you know, if you depend on substances to shift that, then mm. you might want to look at that, whether mm-hmm. it's the caffeine, you know, you need to look at what kind of rest you're getting. There's a whole series of things, but I think the most important thing is, is start your day with intention.
0: Okay. Love it. And end it too. Right. I mean, end and, it, and, yeah, yeah. Yes. Same thing. The beginning and the end are so important. I think we should probably end there. I think that was really lovely. And I I, I love that sentiment. You know, the addictions piece, I do want to talk about that in its own, like a whole session that we could talk about that. Um, So we've got lots of stuff coming down the pike. Like I'm thinking topics like support and community leadership, because you mentioned leadership. um, But I would love to unpack that really well because I've got a lot to say about that and I'm sure you do as well. So, but I think ending it with that sentiment of, you know, opening up the day with something that is going to move you toward like a new pattern of being, I don't think patterns are inherently bad, but we also always need to be, um, you know, examining those and are they serving us or not? And then when is it appropriate to move out of those comfort zones? Right. Um, yeah. So is there any final words that you have, Suzanne, uh, before we bust off?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, create, I had a Facebook, um page that i had created and i'm not active on it but it's called healthy habits Mm -hmm. and so looking at habits that you have and evaluating take a piece of paper what's what's healthy and what's not and then let those ones that are not go just let them go
0: yeah goodbye
1: and focus (laughs) yeah say bye bye Bye. you know put the little put your little finger to your chin and wave goodbye but i think that (laughs) i think that it's yeah i have a funny little thing that i do when i wave people anyway it's just a funny little gesture but it basically is kind of a, a a happy goodbye like mm-hmm. I don't need that anymore and I'm happy to release it and I think that's another thing to do is just say how what you know I'd like to release this and and you you got to practice it every day because the more you say I'm, I've released that that's no longer serving me you say it every day I've released that that's no longer serving me mm. and you will certainly start that's a pattern that starts getting ingrained in your brain and then ingrained in your brain and then you can you'll start seeing your shift yeah and you you when you do fall back into that cuz we're only human you're easier to get out of it because you've set up that like yesterday I was frustrated but I was able to get out of it instead of staying that way the whole Mm, day mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah the point is that it's not we don't it's not that we don't encounter these The, the, the point is that we can we can actually move through it and um in a in a hopefully graceful way sometimes it isn't sometimes we're yelling scream yeah. crying first but um yeah. but we we move that's past okay. it that's the point the point is that we don't encounter it. the point is that we have resilience okay that's another issue but okay so yes thank you <laughs> suzanne it was so fun i was i love these talks and these chats and we'll see everybody next please note that family health revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment but is the opinion of the host This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted healthcare providers, if they so choose, when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility.